Hey, this is Carl Anderson. I'm the senior pastor of Sierra Bible Church, and this is our sermons podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope that this message fills your soul with hope, helps you see the beauty of Jesus, and allows you to feel the love that God has for you. If you want more information about experiencing God's love for you personally, head over to sierrabible.org and contact one of our pastors. I love you, and I'm praying for you. Uh, thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Nina. Um, thank you, worship team. And uh, good morning, Sierra Bible Church. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Andrew Sheldon. Um, I serve here as an intern at Sierra Bible Church as I work to um, complete my Master's of Divinity and pursue vocational ministry. Um, For those of you who do know me, you probably were expecting me to be uh, singing today, um, but someone messed up on Planning Center, and now I'm doing the sermon. (laughs) No, I I have the joy of sharing God's word with you today, and I want to thank the pastors, I want to thank the elders, and I want to thank you, my church family, for the opportunity. Um, You guys have supported me through this uh, internship, and I couldn't be more grateful but more importantly, I want to thank God in his um, gift of an opportunity to share his word with you today. So recently, some of us celebrated the holiday of Valentine's Day. I say recently because we may have forgot. Um, we, uh, we may have, you know, uh, maybe didn't have feel like we had a reason to celebrate Valentine's Day. But this time is a time for couples for show, to show their dedication to one another and to take the extra mile to, you know, make people feel special. For us single people, that just means another reason to buy candy or maybe even make an unwise financial purchase uh, because we don't feel like we need to buy anything for someone. Um, Or we have friends and family reminding us that it's not that bad being single or, uh, or that one day someone will accept that you're a weirdo. And uh, I really appreciate the encouragement that I get from uh, Pastor Carl, Cassidy, Glenn, and Renee um, weekly on that one. (laughs) With all joking aside, our culture loves the heart-shaped holiday. Movies are made from it with the season in mind. Um, I mean, come on, we got rom-coms. We've got, you know, romantic movies like The Notebook and everything like that, all with the idea of like, oh, well, this will be great for someone to watch on Valentine's Day. Companies provide deals for buyers with the intention of showing how much they love someone and are invested in that person. Even National Public Radio shared an article that stated that in 2020, the average American spent over uh, basically $74 per person on a Valentine's Day expense such as candy, flowers, and gifts. Uh, This only increased to about 100 bucks uh, to... uh, as prices and will continue to increase as prices go through the roof. However, how we love and sh- how we love each other through Valentine's Day and share gifts and romantic dates and all kinds of events is not just an American concept. Um, for example, in South Korea, um, they don't just have one day, but they have every 14th day of the month. Um, Valentine's Day is celebrated with women um, buying gifts for their loved ones and, you know, and basic same thing with Valentine's Day here. Uh, In March, White Day is celebrated with guys bringing gifts for girls that are double the value of what the girl had bought for them. (laughs) 
Guys, you would just be hiding receipts at that point, right? I mean, or, or you know, maybe shopping at the thrift store. I'm just saying because, I mean, I mean, then again, I am the single guy, and also I'm a broke college student, so, you know. <laughs> but what about the single people? Well, we get a holiday for ourselves, too, to mourn our singleness, wearing black and eating noodles on a day that they call Black Day, throwing some anime and video games, and that's just a normal weekend for me. If you don't know what anime is, it's just basically cartoons for adults that never truly you know, grew up. It's the, it's the same thing with you know, like, uh, video games and other things like that. <laughs> we all live in the, the culture of the nerd multiverse. However, with all these holidays focusing on love, people still fall through the cracks. Some statistics for the loneliness that we have uh, in 2023, American Psycho Psychological Association reported that rates of loneliness after the pandemic did decrease. However, among younger single individuals, and not just younger single individuals, there were still reports of feeling lonely. Additionally, the Surgeon General put out a report that talked about the health adverse or the adverse health effects that happen because of loneliness. Heart disease grew by 29%. Stroke grew by 32%. For older generations, there was a 50% or a 50 increased risk for dementia. And this is all due to a lack of community and loneliness and stress. As Pastor Carl said a few Sundays ago, we we're in an epidemic, an epidemic of loneliness. So what does this mean for us? If we have such an epidemic of loneliness and a lack of connection, how are we to combat this? I believe God's word in the words of Paul, Paul's letter to the Philippians, gives us an idea on how to do this. This brings me to the main point of this sermon and our big idea for today's service, which is for us to combat, combat isolation and loneliness, God's desire is for his people to have Christ-like yearning and love for each other. And this is manifested through community and prayer. Rooted in Christ-like yearning and love for each other. Philippians 1, 8 through 11. So before we get into the service and before we get into our main passage, uh, we need to understand the context of what the letter is saying before this part of, of the passage. Paul's writing the church at Philippi from imprisonment. He is shackled, isolated, and with little to no fellowship. To put it in perspective, Paul is relationally malnourished. After he greets the, the church, Paul gives thanks to the Lord for their continued faithfulness and for their partnership in the gospel. Paul takes the time to reassure the Philippians of God's continued work in them as a church in a time when Paul in his own life feels like there is no hope. Paul then pours out his heart as he expresses kinship with the church rooted in Christ, but also in mutual suffering for the gospel. In other words, Paul encourages the Philippians and tells them, I'm suffering with you, but God is still working mightily. In the close of this thankful prayer, Paul communicates to the church a timeless truth about the intensity of brotherly affection he has for them in Christ. So let's read Philippians 1, 8 through 11 together. So this is Philippians 1, 8 through 11. For God is my witness, 
how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ to the glory and praise of God. So this brings us to our first point of the sermon. And this is a two-point sermon, so. (laughs) Um, As Paul writes to uh, the church in this prayer, he uses a word that where not many of us are familiar with. The word we see here is yearn. What does that truly mean? Luckily, as a seminary intern and, and student, I get to bother pastors and teachers on a daily basis and ask a lot of questions. So when, so when Paul says to yearn, it comes from the Greek word epipotheo, which translates to have a strong desire for something with the implication of need, to long for, to desire. And I thank you, Glenn, for uh, sharing that, uh, <laughs> that research with me. In other words, Paul's expressing to the church in his malnourishment of community, he desires and longs to be filled. To give an example of what Paul means in his yearning, how many of us uh, had New Year's resolutions? Okay, how many of us kept them? Okay, I kind of have. I mean, I do have Renee to attest to this. Um, but my New Year's, New Year's resolution was to get a gym membership. <laughs> now, after a hard 45-minute workout, my stomach is about ready to eat itself, and I'm thinking about food. Often one that comes to mind is a nice, big, juicy burger to feed the monster that is currently growing in my stomach. As soon as I'm done, and honestly, when I'm doing my workout... I'm thinking about and deeply longing to sit down and devour a burger to replenish the energy I lost. I strain through a workout to get to that rest break. I have a deep affection for the comfort of a nice chair and my bed as I knock out. Paul's word to yearn is to express his deep, deepest desire to be with his brothers and sisters in faith, to be replenished by them. Like that juicy burger, Paul in prison desires to be filled with community. Paul reminds his brothers and sisters of his sincerity of this desire as he says, for God of my witness, here in verse eight. Translated to our modern tongue, guys, please listen to me because I'm not making this up. And if I am, God is watching me. In other words, Paul is saying, If I'm lying, God's going to make my imprisonment look like summer camp. His longing or desire for us is the same affection as Jesus. Paul shows that only through Christ is he able to have such a yearning for the Philippians. That the same love that drove Jesus Christ to the cross is what drives Paul to love his brothers and sisters. John 3, 16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 5, 8. But God showed his love for us in that we are still sinners. Christ died for us. 
What Paul shows is that he does this, this, and the very reason he does this and writes to the people of the church, proclaims the gospel to those who imprison him, is because he yearns for others like Christ. So here, how do we yearn for people? How, how, it's easy to say that we yearn for someone, but how do we express true yearning for people? Paul just doesn't say that he yearns. No, he puts his yearning into action. As he says in verse nine, it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and discernment. He displays his yearning for the people of the Philippian church. Paul prays with them to, low, to grow in love and knowledge and discernment. But how is praying for someone like this yearning and love for them? If we remember a few Sundays ago, we had a whole sermon from Pastor Glenn on prayer and how God desires to answer those prayers that we have for people to know him more. That we're putting our whole faith and trust in the one who is in control. Bring our desires before the one who can make all things happen. Paul also shows love because praying for someone shows that we care about the person that we're praying for. The struggles, the good news, and all parts of life. We care about the lives of others that we pray for as we invest in them, even when they're miles away. Doesn't it feel good to have someone pray for you? Doesn't it feel like people genuinely care when they take the time to pray for you? That's exactly what Paul does for the Christians in the Philippian church. So as Paul prays to God for knowledge and discernment of the Philippian church to grow, Paul is bringing them before the Father, praying for good things for them, and taking an investment in the lives of his fellow believers. This sets an example for us of true yearning and love for our brothers and sisters. As while he is in prison, he's not focused on his own affliction, but is focused on encouraging and pouring out to those who are far away from him. And ultimately, this connects him to them, even though he is far away and in prison. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for us as Sierra Bible Church? Paul's words are something that we can hold in our hearts as the Philippians are encouraged as a church, and we can be encouraged as a church. Paul's encouragement for us to yearn for each other with the affection of Jesus Christ reminds me of what Jesus said to his disciples in John 15, 13. Greater love no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Jesus loved far beyond his friends. Jesus loved his enemies. He yearned for them to know him. So much so that he was driven to the cross to restore what had been broken so long ago. And in that restoration, we're given a community of believers, not exactly alike. Quite a few of us are different. Some of us are weird anime nerds. But unique and gifted in so many various capacities. This gift is something as a church we should crave. As Pastor Carl reminded us in Genesis 2, no one should be alone. That we are gifted with the community and should yearn for each other's company as we face challenges in this world. 
The church here is for us to be a part of the body of Christ. And being a part of the body, if we know anything from human anatomy, they all work together, encouraging each other, bringing nutrition to certain areas and taking oxygen to other areas. We should delight in the community that we have for one another. Finding ways that we can encourage and disciple one another, just like how we bring oxygen and and nourishment to the body. To be filled with a deep love and desire to share the gospel with those who are yet to believe. To yearn with the affection of Christ can be found in the most powerful way by praying for one another. To set aside our differences, our time, and lift up our brothers and sisters in prayer. To pray for our brother who's struggling in addiction. To pray for our sister who's in agony over her anxiety. For all of us pray to not only grow here, but share the gospel with those around us. In 2020, a broken young man who felt there was no home for him, who felt like he had tried it all and his prayers were unanswered, was brought to church by his mom, was encouraged to come and be a part of the body of Christ. And here I found home, found home and encouragement found restoration to a calling I had because of the investment and prayer of those who yearned like Christ. Who sacrificed their time and their energy and discipleship just as Jesus taught his followers. Who prayed not for themselves but spent hours dealing with their own struggles but finding time to pray for me. But I'm not the only one. We all are welcomed in the body of Christ. As we look to help people know Christ, grow in Christ, and share Christ with the world, let us continue to grow as a church with yearning that is rooted in love and prayer for each other. 2024, as our church goes on to 2024, is going to be a year of new growth and new plans for our church. I believe in the God of the impossible. I believe that we can make 2024 a year of yearning for each other. So let us continue to grow in knowledge and discernment through the study of his word. Let us continue to gather together and delight in each other in the gift of community. Let's continue in our yearning for one another. Let's get out of our comfort zones and pray for each other. Let's grow in relationship with one another. Let's continue to long to be together throughout our weeks and support fruitful relationships rooted in the gospel. Let's continue to pray for each other and the future of our church. We pray together at the end of every service. 
But today, we're going to pray in a way that will help us exercise this prayerful yearning in our own church. Now, it may be a little awkward, but find a person that you don't know in your row or near you and pray for each other. You can pray for two things. Pray for God's encouragement and guidance in their daily lives, that God would help them know him more and grow in knowledge and discernment in his word. And two, pray for them to yearn for community and build meaningful relationships. That church wouldn't just be a worship service, but a daily gathering of partners in the gospel. After we're done, I'll close in prayer. But for my friends who are out there that don't feel comfortable, friends, some of us may not feel like community and prayer have worked for you. Try getting plugged into a church. You try to pray. But my question is for you, have you really considered the yearning that Christ had for you? That in his yearning, it took him to the hills of Golgotha to be nailed to a cross and hung in shame so that you no longer have to carry yours. If that's you, and you feel like you've done too much, you're hurt too much, then I'll leave you with this. Jesus yearned for you. You're never too broken, too hurt, or too far from his eternal and steadfast love. If you want to know more about this yearning love, I encourage you to ask one of the elders here about what it means to follow Jesus. And as the band comes up, when you're listening to the music and you're praying for each other, just remember how much Christ yearned for you. Remember how much he loves you. Remember much how much he desires you. So let's pray together.